This episode of the Trek Geeks podcast is brought to you by the Trek Geek Shop. Now you can help support our show and get yourself some cool Star Trek gear at the same time. Check out our line of t-shirts, mugs, hats, and other items for your inner Trek geek at shop.trekgeeks.com. Hi, this is Andy Robinson, Elam Garrick on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little podcast this side of the Gamma Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Failure to tune in would not sit well with the Obsidian Order. The biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. Welcome, one and all, to Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast, and episode number 85. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith, and we're all glad you're here. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening, and thanks for continuing to support uh, this, your independent Star Trek podcast. And to this point, I'd like to introduce my co-host. He's a man I'd like to bury in a time capsule along with the 10 best episodes of the original Star Trek series. He's the mummified Dan Davidson, and after today... Buddy, we'll see you in about 100 years. Welcome aboard. Well, I'll probably be just as good as these top 10 episodes uh, after I come out of that time capsule. Thanks for having me. I just, these, these are great introductions, and you're getting better with each one because you compliment me and you don't even realize it. I said I wanted to lock you in a box for 50 years <laughs> or 100 years or whatever it was. Wow, good math there, Ty. That's great. Thank you. Uh, math was never my strong suit. <laughs> well, I can say with math, 85 episodes of just pure fun. Or pure hell, depending on whether you're a listener or a co-host. But it's awesome, and we love it. I never liked you. I mean, hey, buddy, that I think it's great. We, uh, as always, we thank everybody for being a part of this. Uh, it wouldn't happen without everybody who listens, and um, we're just happy to share the fun. It is very fun, indeed. Indeed, Dan. Speaking of um, sharing the fun. How might people get in touch with us to share their thoughts, opinions, comments, concerns, and otherwise well wishes for your interment in a box? Wow. Well, that was a long, long sentence, so I'll try to uh, do the best I can. <sighs> On Twitter, Facebook, and Skype, we are our, handle, our handle is Trek Geeks, and you can also send us an email at trekgeeks at starfleet.com, or you can also send us a uh, voicemail by dialing 508-784-1701 or going to speakpipe.com slash trekgeeks on your mobile device. Uh, also, as always, please join our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. Fun discussion, lots of insults being thrown back and forth on a daily basis to uh, Bill Smith uh, from Dan Davidson, and that's always good. Plus, you are going to get early access to the Trek Geeks podcast just for being a member. It doesn't cost you anything. What is that phrase that they use, Bill? No purchase necessary? Uh, yeah. Like that. So yeah. to join the group, just go to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer. And Bill, I got a very important thing to say. What is that, Dan? Please remember that any comments or messages you prendo a segrebolondes and lerendorosarendendorofrendentes episode. Buenas noches, amigos. There you go. 
In the words of Jerry Remy. I cannot speak any language but English, and you like to point out that I can't speak English, but I did my best. How do you say slipstream, Dan? Slipstream, Dan. Hey, Scott Vashon will be All right, check keeps. Dan, Dan, we're going to make a a brief announcement about our Blu-ray contest. Um, We are actually going to take next week off, so we're not going to announce the winner on the podcast until the week after, but we'll still be announcing the winner on social media um, on the 22nd. That is correct. We're picking the winner on the 22nd and announcing it that day. Yep. On the 22nd, we will be sure to uh, post the the winner on all of our pages on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Camp Kittimer, all those spots. And uh, congratulations in advance to whomever is the winner. And we thank everyone so much uh, for sharing episode 00 to your friends uh, on all of your pages. It's it's, uh, something that we're very, very appreciative of. Indeed. If you're listening to this on the day the episode drops, Tuesday, November 22nd, 2016, there is still time to share episode 00. So head on over to trekgeeks.com slash beyond and get all the details. You've got until midnight Eastern time to share the episode and be part of the drawing. Sound good, Dan? Sounds fantastic, Bill. Well, Dan, we have a special guest geek this week, and as Larry King would say, he's with us for the full hour. (laughs) Yes. uh, You know, we're wrapping up this incredible 50th anniversary of Star Trek, and we are close to the Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States, so we're thankful for the phenomenon known as Star Trek. And we figured that as a special way of showing our appreciation for TOS, we wanted to have a special top 10 episode for the series that started it all. So uh, what better way to have a ranking episode than to bring Mr. Trek Ranks himself on board to help out. Yes, he's an incredible Mr. Nichols cosplayer, and uh, we are thrilled to have Enterprise Extra himself on the show, Mr. Jim Morehouse. Jim, you are crazy for joining us, but we love you for it. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this show. Wait, wrong inflection. I can't believe I'm doing this show. This is awesome. Neither can we. Yeah. (laughs) Especially after the restraining order. Very, very excited to be here. Very excited to talk. Little Trek ranks. And anything else you guys want to talk about for the full hour. For the full hour. We're thrilled to have you on board, Jim. Uh, I'd like you to take a few moments um, and talk about Trek ranks real quick. Uh, if you could, and then we'll get into some other uh, fun stuff. Well, trekranks.com is literally just a hobby. I just, last uh, holidays, I'd always had my own rankings of all the episodes because I just love to rank stuff, especially stuff related to Star Trek. And uh, during the last holiday break, I just needed to decompress from work, and I said, I'm going to start, I'm going to create my own website, just put all my rankings up there. Um, and I did that. And I also put in, you know, a, a little bit of my my backstory on uh, when I was on an episode of Star Trek and fired the phasers and put the ship on red alert in an episode of Star Trek Enterprise called Awakening, oh which, by the way, is number six on TrekRanks.com for all <laughs> Enterprise episodes. Um, and so I just put it all on there and I've just been having fun with it. But, you know, most people know me on Twitter, uh, my handle at Enterprise Extra where I like to talk about one thing and one thing only. Battlestar Galactica. Exactly. How yeah. big a jerk Bill Smith is. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Both oh, of those things that. have come up at one point. <laughs> Maybe tonight. <laughs> well, uh, Jim, we're going to um, have you in for the new segment. we got a couple of things to talk about, one of which I know is near and dear to your heart. And uh, we'll do that right after the break. 
Dan, it's time for the news from treknews.net. <laughs> Spanning in the Alpha Quadrant, reporting the best in Star Trek news. It's treknews.net. Online at treknews.net, believe it or not. Hard to believe, I know. (laughs) TNN in the house. (laughs) Well, uh, up first, boys, it appears that one of Jim's favorite series uh, has some reviews on Blu-ray, and it's um, kind of meh. Well, I will say one thing, at least now... We we know for sure. Well, do we know for sure? I think we do know for sure that Drozen is going to be able to watch the steaming pile of Banthapudu known as the Magics of Magus Two in beautiful Blu-ray. Yes, he will. Because <laughs> and uh, he will love it. it. <laughs> the entire animated series is now available as a Blu-ray set. Uh, Treknews.net has a review up there. Eh. It's a good. It's an okay review. Um, the the big thing is that the uh, I believe there's 21 uh, little art cards that's uh, included in this set, uh, and that gets some very good uh, words uh, from the review. But uh, check it out at their at their site, treknews.net, and uh, go get yourself some TAS. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray because um, it's going to be crappy animation quality on Blu-ray, and I've already got that on DVD. It's the way I feel about it. If you ever want to see 25 <laughs> seconds of animation with nothing moving but the camera panning across the screen, this is the series for you, people. Uh, thank you, guys. <laughs> so, um, so Jim, back remember when we did our, our animated series, See It or Skip It, um, Dan and I ultimately answered the question, is the animated series canon? And Dan said yes. And I said no. Yeah, it's not. And, uh, but go I ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, would you please settle settle that tie? Listen, is is the animated series in the uh, awesome new two volume edition of the Star Trek Encyclopedia created by Michael and Denise Akuda? No, it's not. Oh, I didn't and, know that. And it's not in there for a specific reason, which they'll tell you because because of your face. <laughs> <laughs> because from the get go, Gene. Yes, Ronberry never included it and never counted it as such, and and wanted it not in, not to be uh, listed as such. So it wasn't. But beyond any of that, it's just sorry, guys. It's just not very good. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. People like to say, no, you get past the animation and the stories are are really Star Trek, but they're they're not. The stories aren't that good. And I will. I will say that it is better. I enjoyed it more when I watched it for our podcast episode than I remember back when I was a kid. That being said, it's not awesome at all. But I, I do have a question for both of you and more more for Jim because I don't really want to talk to Bill. But um, take Gene out of the equation for a second. And let's say it's now it's now 50 years later with all of the Star Trek that we've had over all the years. Do you think that there would be a possibility that if it wasn't for Gene saying that it is not canon, that it might be? Be considered canon at some point. See, my, my issue is that is that, and and I and I agree with you on taking Gene out of the equation because too many people kind of harp on well, what Gene's vision or what Gene said, and that, that does get a little old. Um, I think my biggest issue is that is that no matter how you look at it, these scripts are they're really ultimately fantastical and whimsical stories designed for kids, not adults. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, no matter. I mean, and I know that some of them were being. Uh, a little tricky in terms of magic, uh, of Magus 2 and or, you know, 
whatever they were, whatever story they were telling, where they were trying to be subversive and and get to the kids on a Saturday morning while mom and dad were sleeping. But I, I just don't think the stories work that well. I mean, yesteryear is great, but there's a fifty foot Spock running around, and that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make what. What do you say? What? That's crazy talk. I mean, I, 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 I've said it, and I actually have this in a because Trek. You will not find the animated series on TrekRanks.com. <gasps> I think the the false narrative is that the animated series stories are smart and grand and not bound by the constraints of televised fiction. But in reality, they're lazy and they're sloppy and they're childish and they're just not that good. Sorry. Here, here. No, so. no need to apologize because I agree with you 100. percent And I am the Trek apologist. I love it all, but I just, I'm not. I can't defend. I can't defend these stories. It's funny you were just describing my podcast partner. That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But so, having said all that, I'm buying the Blu-ray and I'm going to do a rewatch. <laughs> I know I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I see. You should rank it and go with that entire explanation as to why it sucks and why it's not canon, but rank it anyway. <sighs> Just someday. It's only 22 episodes. Wouldn't take long to rank. That's, that's true. No, it really wouldn't. Yeah. So, gentlemen, moving on, there is a bit of an update in the Axonar case, and I'm going to read you a whole bunch of stuff that uh, that popped up in one of the Facebook groups. It's actually the CBS slash Paramount versus Axonar group. Um, there were a bunch of documents uh, made available in PACER, the, the legal documentation system, and you know, downloading these documents is 100% legal. These documents are part of the public record and anyone can get them. Now, I can tell you of the massive document dump that occurred, they contain sworn testimony and also the summarization of sworn testimony by people related to Axonar. And that these documents were uploaded by the defense. So Alec Peters' lawyers at uh, Winston and Strawn. Um, we want to state for the record, we're not lawyers in any way, or at least I know Dan and I aren't. Jim, I suspect you're not a lawyer. That is correct. <laughs> but we are Star Trek fans, and I know in the case of Dan and me in particular, we were donors, so that's part of the reason why we look at this the way we do, and we've got some significant questions. Right. So let me read the first excerpt from the the document, document in question. We'll put this document in Camp Kittimer so that people can see it, and it is this, quote, Robert Meyer Burnett, the director of Actionar, uh, testified that this was an, obje an objective that he had discussed with Alec Peters and the co-writer of the feature-length Star Trek Axonar screenplay, Bill Hunt, stated while he was working on the film that, quote, my understanding has been that we're trying to make the best independent professional Star Trek feature film that's ever been done and in the process to help build a successful independent filmmaking studio that benefits us all, end quote. So from that, it sounds like they are they've put on record something that is against their public narrative that there is no for-profit business. Would you guys agree with that? Jim, go ahead. Yes. That's that's I mean you've laid it out perfectly. I um you know because the narrative from Alec and from his sycophants for want of a better word for a long time is like no no we're just building a studio to make the movie. And uh, some people could call into the question the phrase benefits us all. But, Dan, I, I think it's pretty clear what it means. It's very clear what it means. And it's very aggravating to be continually reading the changes in narrative that come from uh, the side of the defense when it comes to th 
to this case. Anytime something is brought to the forefront, all of a sudden the the narrative is changing. Well, when you got sworn uh, testimony that we have here that we're reading, kind of makes it pretty clear what the what it was behind closed doors the whole time. At least in my opinion, that's how I'm interpreting it. So, excerpt number two. Um, this is another summarization of sworn testimony, and it says, quote, Further, emails turned over by Christian Gossett, the director of Star Trek Prelude to Axanar, show that Mr. Peters met with Netflix and Amazon regarding Axanar productions. Mr. Peters was exploring methods by which he could distribute high-quality Star Trek content without a license in order to enable him to continue to personally profit from plaintiff's intellectual property, end quote. So, um... The gall <laughs> of this guy to call meetings with Netflix and Amazon to try to get Star Trek going there, even though he doesn't have a license. Thoughts? Unbelievable hubris. This guy, I mean, that's a lawyer word, by the way, for <laughs> oh, so you were being super <laughs> self-overconfident. I mean, this guy, sorry, I, I, I don't say a lot on Twitter about the guy. I try to keep it positive yeah. but and i did not donate but the whole axonar thing is just it's really gross it's just it's I, clear what it is anybody defending him is just being blind to the ego of this guy and what he's what he's tried to do i mean he guy raised a million dollars and it went to his head and and by all accounts he was already kind of a egomaniac before that but it's it's really sad i get two things out of this excerpt that you just read bill first of all the uh, the stones to go talk to these major uh companies uh about using something that doesn't belong to him and then saying that uh then changing the story about how it's it's not for profit this that and the other thing but i find it interesting that the very beginning of this quote you said emails turned over by christian gossett it's a good thing that christian gossett did turn over these emails because it turns out that peters didn't turn over thousands of emails when he was first uh meeting with uh lawyers so i find that very interesting and thank you mr gossett uh no doubt i'm uh it's i can't wait to see what comes of all of this um especially because, you know, in looking at some of the other documents, many of which are redacted by the defense. So I'm not sure why you'd redact anything um, unless it makes you look bad. <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of redaction, lots of black marks throughout entire paragraphs and sections. But uh, oddly enough, this one document, not redacted. So let me regale you with the third and final excerpt regarding how donor funds were spent in part. Oh, this will be great. Yeah, so this... <laughs> awesome. Yeah, this is a direct quote from the document. I have not made any edits to this. Quote, Mr. Peters personally profited from plaintiff's intellectual property by paying himself with funds raised from consumers of plaintiff's intellectual property and by spending tens of thousands of dollars of those funds on his own personal expenses. Mr. Peters used fan raise funds to pay for the tires on his Lexus, to service his car, to pay for his gas each and every week for nearly two years to pay for his girlfriend's gas for the same time period, to pay for two years of personal phone bills for himself, his girlfriend, and Robert Meyer Burnett, to pay for his health insurance, his car insurance, his annual AAA memberships, his TSA airport pre-check fee, and his personal, personal travel to conventions both in the United States and internationally. 
Mr. Peters also used these funds to pay for tens of thousands of dollars in restaurant meals. Mr. Peters and his girlfriend were provided with debit cards that they used to pay for these expenses from the Axonar Productions account, which account was populated with the funds contributed by Star Trek fans. Further, Mr. Peters' company PropWorks is housed in the studio facility that was rented and built out using funds from Star Trek fans. PropWorks has not paid any rent to Axonar Productions for use of this facility. End quote. Dan, we'll start with you. I want my freaking money back. <laughs> yeah. I'm I mean, so glad I didn't donate. <laughs> it's it's amazing. And what what's even more amazing is as we read this today, today is uh, – the, the podcast is coming out on the tw- 22nd. Today is Friday the 18th as we record this evening. And, and Axnar actually made a statement today in regards to these documents, and they are hilariously ridiculous. That's the only thing I can say. So go. I'm not even going to read any of it. Go find it and read it online. But um, to see what our money was used for, and we have had nothing to show for it, and we never will see anything for it. it every single person who donated should be demanding that their money get be, be refunded with interest. It's disgusting. And, and none of it's surprising. It didn't need these court documents to know that this is what the guy's been doing for two years. It's right. it's really pathetic, and I saw on Twitter, uh, Robert Meyer Burnett was d- defending it yes. on Twitter, and it was just like, dude, all I, productions I, have that paid for. Exactly, that's exactly what he said, and it's just like, really, you're 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 hitching your wagon to this guy. I just don't get it. But it's a fan film. Come on. Well, you can't really give him yeah. a hard time because he's not really the director. <laughs> Right, and, then, <laughs> and, and by the way, th- th- that trailer they released, yeah, you know, way back when, like, I guess in May or so. Oh my yeah. god, that was, I mean, god awful. That, oh, it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. It was so bad, and and let's let's remember again, and you know, there may be some anti-Kelvin timeline folks listening now, but these guys, they said everything was predicated on that the JJ films suck and that their stuff's way better. And it's just, I mean, talk about delusions of grandeur, these guys. Well, the thing is, too, is that if you look at comparisons between, you know, some of the action scenes in Prelude to Axanar and Star Trek 2009 and Star Trek Into Darkness, they may as well have just lifted it directly from there. You know, it's, it is it is as much, you know, action and pew-pew as people describe right. um, as, as some of the J.J. movies. And I, uh, it's not a wonder now that Alec is kissing J.J.'s ass. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting in the next couple of weeks or so because both sides have asked for summary judgment. Um, I'm hoping that something comes out soon, and I'm, I'm, of course we all know what we're hoping happens. Uh, it will be an interesting uh, next few weeks, I think, and we're going to see all the diatribe and ridiculousness on social media continue. I'm sure. Well. Boys, after this next break, we're going to talk about something a lot happier and something that we can focus on that we all genuinely love. So, Mr. Morehouse, Jim, if I may. So, we are going to do this segment in your honor, sir. We are thrilled that you're here. What we're going to do is we're going to discuss 
our favorite top 10 episodes uh, of the original series. And we're going to do it just like you do on your website. We're going to have five word descriptions of the episodes that we choose. And then we're going to throw in a hashtag. Love it. And uh, we would invite you to do the same thing with the episodes you pick. You're probably going to argue with us about what we pick, even though we're right. Um, But we're just going to go from there. Um, But what I would like you to do for us, if you could, before we begin, is when you went through your rankings – what did you do and what were the what was the thought process that you came uh, about when you were doing these? Great question. Great question. So it's uh, everything on all my rankings, the way I've always done it, is based on if I could only watch one for the rest of my life. And it's really the only way I, I can process picking something as a favorite over something else. Because ultimately, if you made me choose, I can only watch one, one of these two episodes for the rest of my life, which are you picking? Mm-hmm. That's always the driver for every single thing on TrekRanks.com. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's it, it can't be any more uh, simple than that. How about you guys? What was that, your... That's very cool. Actually, Bill asked me that question when we were doing a uh, cast uh, several months ago. If you had to choose which episode, if you were going to be stuck on a space station forever and only had one to watch, what would be your all-time favorite? So it sounds like it's a similar thought process. I remember that because you chose... Don't uh, say No, I. <laughs> <laughs> you chose Timeless Voyager. That's <laughs> <laughs> Miri. <laughs> he chose, and the children shall lead. All oh. right. Which, by the way, is dead last on TrekRanks.com. I noticed that, and I endorsed that because it is my least favorite episode of all time. Kids. <laughs> Kids. Kids in Star Trek just don't work. Nope. Nope. Well, uh, so, Dan, we. Um, we can probably get started. We probably start with the number yep, ten. Yep. You can give yours, and I can give mine, and Jim can counter that with what he thinks his number ten is, and uh, mock us for our choice. Excellent. All right, then I will be happy to start with uh, with my number ten. The one that started it all is number ten on my list. The Man Trap. Uh, um, just give it salt. Uh, hashtag wrap those hands around me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's a good one. My um my number ten episode is uh, actually the trouble with tribbles. Um, I, I do love the episode, but my five words are uh, f- uh, fun and furry, lighthearted episode. Hashtag no trouble at all. Wow, that's fantastic. That was beautiful. Thank beautiful. you. By the way, the yep. man traps number fifty five on my list. What? <laughs> and where's where's tribbles? Uh, we'll tr- I'll let you know about Tribbles. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, what's your 10? So t- Number 10 on TrekRanks.com is Mirror Mirror. First alternate reality foray packs punch. Hashtag Tantalus Field. Ooh. Nice. That's a good pick. Huh. I, um... I'm almost amazed that it, it placed that high. I mean, I, um... Mirror Mirror? It, yeah. Wow. Okay. I, um... Because uh, uh, it's going to place a little higher than that on mine, but uh, huh. I imagine it's going to place even higher on Dan's because he's such a, a mirror universe apologist. Oh, yeah. Apologist? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's top 10. You can't argue. And by the way, always quibbling when you're talking about splitting hairs on a top 10 list. I know, right? Unless someone includes the man trap, which is number 55 on <laughs> TrekRanks.com. Yeah, Hashtag so- M113. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Dan, the man trap. So I, I know there are a whole bunch of episodes that you and I have talked about over the years, and never once has it been the man trap, except for the podcast. 
I just I've always loved it. I've always loved the episode. It's it's quirky. Um, there's because it's one of the first. You know, there's so many things that are different. The continuity mistakes. You know, of course, the ricochet phaser and and <laughs> and how everybody sees the salt creature differently. And and yeah, that's a great political episode of let's kill the last one instead of trying to help it. But it's just always one that I've enjoyed a lot. Interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, well, let's move on to number nine then. I um, I'll go first on this one. And Jim, I was just talking about mirror, mirror, and that's actually my number nine. Perfect. Um, I, I kind of like it in that spot. I think it's got good value at number nine. Um, I look at some of the episodes deeper in, and I think this is a good pick for me. My five words are uh, alternate universe with evil twins. Hashtag I shall consider it. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> you've got nice. this down. I like it. Well, I'm no Trek ranks, but uh, I could do fill in in a pinch. Nice. Well, we talked about, I think we talked about your number 10, Bill, is my number nine. Um, I chose Trouble with Tribbles and my five word description. <laughs> and tribbles are not dangerous. <laughs> and, uh, hashtag storage compartments, storage compartments. So there you go. <laughs> the what? Uh, the what? Fantastic. <laughs> so, Jim, well, your number need, nine. Needless to say, Trouble with Tribbles will appear. In the top ten of track. Interesting. Okay. Uh, my number nine is Arena, and my five word summary is "I weary of the chase." <laughs> Hashtag Cestus three. Oh, that's you- awesome. <laughs> so, do you do you remember the first time you saw Arena, Jim? You know, it's tough for me to talk about the first episodes I saw, or but. Basically, I I saw it all as a kid in the 70s on syndication. So that's where I became a Star Trek fan was, you know, watching it at 4 o'clock in the afternoon in San Diego with my brothers. And we'd sit there and watch. And then as soon as it went to commercial, we'd we'd fight until the commercial was over. And then we'd sit there and watch. So, yeah. So at some point in probably 1973, I saw Arena and was like, oh, my God. (laughs) It's amazing to me that our Star Trek stories involve syndication and brothers for all three of mm-hmm. us. Absolutely. Oh yeah, that's right. I've, and your guys, I've heard that's that's awesome. Absolutely. That's that is really cool. Well, Dan, uh, let's take a look at number eight on your side. Number eight, Errand of Mercy, the embodiment the embodiment of true Klingons. Hashtag by your command, Imperious Leader. Interesting. Yes. My number eight is also Errand of Mercy. <laughs> oh, man. First appearance of the Klingons, hashtag too hot to hold. <laughs> nice. I think I'm about to shed a tear because <laughs> yeah. my number eight is Errand of Mercy. Ah, get out of here. Oh, Core's Klingon debut is glorious. Hashtag Organians. And I will say, for the record, I did not look at your list before we did before I did my list, so that is wow. It's actually unbelievable. It's almost impossible that that happened. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't look at yours either. I, you know, I knew the format from from looking at some of the other ones, like say Enterprise and, and DS Nine. Yeah. But uh, I tried not to look at your your TOS list specifically because I didn't want to know what yours were in, in that order. So so we all kind of have love in the number eight slot for Klingons and Core. Still, to me, the best portrayal of Klingons ever done. Absolutely. I agree. And, and the first. And here's a little uh, interesting bit of trivia, which I got from Larry Nemechek, who uh, put this on his Trekland blog. The first day of filming, 
for that episode and for Klingon, not for that episode, but for Klingons in that episode on the day I was born. Get really? out. On the day I was born, no. January 27th, 1967. Really? Incredible. That I love that. Awesome. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, I mean, what are the odds? Wow, so you're older than us. I wish Spock was here to calculate the odds on all three of us choosing Aaron to Mercy. <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty awesome. I, uh, I'm still kind of blown away by that. I think that's awesome. I, I, yeah, I'm willing to bet it's the only time we line up uh, in this entire thing. Well, yeah. Man Trap was 55, so. <laughs> so far, that's the well, only only out, outlier of my top 10. Huh. So far. Interesting. So, uh, all right. Well, let's take a look at number seven. I'll, uh, I'll go first on this one. My, my number seven is Arena. Um, there were a whole bunch of episodes I chose ahead of it. And actually, I, I, I had to come back because I had put Errand of Mercy higher, believe it or not. And then I said, no, I actually kind of like Arena a little more than, than Errand of Mercy. And my five words are worst slow motion fight ever. <laughs> hashtag styrofoam rocks. Should, should have been hashtag actually the best. <laughs> nice. Wow, I do like Arena. Um, my number seven was the Tholian Web. Uh, great McCoy Spock conflict episode. Hashtag locked in Mortal Kombat. Wow, wow, that's cool. That, that is good, cool. and I uh, I respect that. It's number twenty four at TrekRanks.com. dot you fool. Yeah, but that's. <laughs> That's top third. That's high. All right. <laughs> I'm good with the Tholian Web being top ten. That's a that's a really good choice. It's a great episode. Yes, that is. Okay, my my number seven is probably going to surprise some people, but again, remember my criteria is based on the if I can only choose one, and I could, I would pick the six episodes ahead of it to watch if I could only watch one. So number seven is the city on the edge of forever. Really interesting. Probably Very a little low. Um, but I stand by it. The, the six ahead of it, I uh, I love. So my five word summary was: Spock's discovery dooms Edith Keeler. Hashtag a question. <laughs> that's awesome. Nice. nice. You know, I have to I have to make a confession here, and that's I'll give you one spoiler about my top ten, and that is sitting on the edge of forever is not in it. I, and I will second if that. that is. Um, that is unbelievable. I will second that motion. Wait, Dan, yours isn't nope. in the top ten. No, nope. we've had the discussion. Wow, we actually had the discussion with John Champion in regards to that. It's such a popular yep. episode that, but none of us thought it was one of the best. I I do remember that now, but I'm still stunned that you guys don't have it in your top ten. But I respect that. I totally get it. I don't. I never agreed with the premise from John and those guys that it's not really a Star Trek story, though. I don't. I, I don't get that, but uh, but I yeah, I understand if it's not. I think we can know. get a steel cage match going with you and him. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'm kind of of the same opinion. I, I won't lie, you know, because it, it is a great science fiction story, but there's nothing in it that is necessarily specific to Star Trek. It could very easily be. I don't know. Uh, pick a he's very easily be time tunnel. Yeah, but his past tense, you know, Deep Space Nine, not a Star Trek story. I mean, it's a allegory for homelessness and the, everything's predicated on them solving the challenge in front of them. And twenty twenty San Francisco, how's that any different? 
I don't get it. No, that's a good point. And it probably is not the most Star Trek of episodes, but I personally, for me, I think that the story is told a little better, maybe because it's in two parts. Yeah. Well, Past Tense is very high on my list, too. um, I I love Past Tense. Gabriel Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I can drop the Gabriel Bell, it's good. So. Well, that's I, interesting. That neither Dan nor I have this have sitting on the edge in our top ten. I'm that really is that is cool. And I don't like your hat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not wearing a hat, Mister. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Dan, let's move on to number six. Okay. Uh, number six for me was Gamesters of Triskelion. Uh, wow. I don't think Jim's going to agree with that one, but I've always loved the episode. Uh, uh, Kirk getting with Lady Gaga is my description on that one. <laughs> and hashtag it is less painful than the collar. Oh, that's a good hashtag. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> my um, my number six is kind of uh, it, it may be a surprise. Um, my number six is actually Devil in the Dark. Hmm. Um, and my five words and a hashtag are Shaggy Carpet attacks Dilithium Miners. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag no kill I. Yeah, I knew that was going to be your hashtag. <laughs> it kind of has yeah, to be, you know? It has to be. Yep. How could it not be? Um, wait, so I actually love the Gamester's Choice because it is number 21 on my list, and that's higher than than uh, than a lot of folks would, mm-hmm. would have Gamester's. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow Trek Fan on, uh, on Twitter, but he's got it way lower. But I... Uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a fun, watchable episode. My hashtag is pulp action. I just love that it's super of its time. I, it's it's always one pick. that's enjoyable for me to watch. It's fun to watch. There's humor in it. There's good action. Um, Galt is one of my favorite Amazing. all-time characters in my mind right now. I can't think of the gentleman's name who played him, but I should. Um, I love him in that. I love him when he plays a Klingon in Deep Space Nine. So it's one of those ones that I will stop and watch it if it's on TV and I'm flipping through the channels. Joseph Ruskin. Thank you, sir. I always yeah. forget his name. Also from To Serve Man. Yes. yes. Yep. That's my favorite Twilight Zone episode ever. Yep. It's the best one they ever did. It really is great. It's uh, one of the only ones I have on DVD, believe it or not. My favorite Twilight Zone episode is uh, The Self-Improvement of Salvador Ross. Look it up, people. It's an awesome Ooh, episode. Get out. I think I've seen that one. It's really good. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. So, but I don't have TwilightZoneRanks.com. <laughs> I think you should. So, Jim, did we hit your Oh, yeah. Six? So, my number six, uh, you guys have both already mentioned in your top ten, is The Trouble with Tribbles. Okay. The timeless tribbles never get old. Hashtag Cyrano Jones. Very simple, but I wanted to include Mister Mister Cyrano Jones, a all time great character. I gotta th- so look. Go ahead, I was Dan. Say, I gotta throw this out, and I'm probably gonna get in trouble for it. But Trouble with Tribbles is my mother's most hated episode in Star Trek. Oh, why is that? She just doesn't like it. I don't know why. I've tried to talk her into it, and I explain the whole trials and tribulation things with Deep Space Nine, but I just haven't gotten her to like it. I'm gonna keep trying though. And generally, she's a Star Trek fan? Um, by default, because she has an obsessed fan as a youngest son and a big fan yeah. as the oldest son who got me started on Star Trek. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so, Jim, looking at your bottom five, six through ten, 
Sitting on the Edge of Forever is a very light. I'm sorry, not to Sitting on the Trouble with Tribbles is very lighthearted, and it's ranking really high against some real classics. Were you surprised at that when you went back and looked at your ranking? Uh, no, I, I, I the humor of that episode I just think is timeless. It absolutely works, and it's so rewatchable. I, I, this it, it would have ranked that high regardless for me, even uh, without the tie-in to Deep Space Nine, which on TrekRanks.com you'll find is my favorite series. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no, I think I think think it works. I mean, number eleven on my list is a piece of the action. Ah. Oh, cool! So <laughs> just edged out. Yep. Yeah, just didn't quite make it. Well, then uh, that's good to know. So let's move on to number five. I'll uh, I'll kick this one off. My number five um, was almost in my top three, but as I sat down to think about it, there were so many other episodes. I'm like, oh, but I love this one, and oh, but that one's so awesome. My number five is Space Seed, and uh, my five words are most dangerous adversary is thawed. Hashtag go or stay, but do it because it is what you wish to do. <laughs> Very fantastic. Awesome. All right, we just talked about Khan a couple weeks ago. We did. Pretty awesome. Uh, my number five has already been discussed by at least one, if not both of you, if I recall, because I have a short memory. Uh, and my number five is Mirror Mirror. It's not as high as you might think it would be on my list. It is Mirror Universe, and I love Mirror Universe. Uh, my description, I want an agonizer bad. And uh, <laughs> hashtag in that event, excuse me, hashtag in that event, Bill, I am ordered to kill you and proceed against the Halkins as the new captain of the Enterprise. Well, that's not going to work out so well for no, me. No, it is that's, not. <laughs> that's quite a hashtag. Did you capitalize every letter, nope, uh, the every first letter of every word? I did indeed. Okay. Yes, I did. Okay. I did too, yeah. <laughs> that was a big hashtag. Um, yeah, we all we, we all had Mirror Mirror. It was 10 on mine and 9 on Bill's. Space Seed is an interesting choice. So for me, it drifted down to 13. Huh. So, uh, I, I mean, I obviously love it, but it did not make my top 10. If McCoy hadn't dropped his phaser when they were opening up Khan's chamber, <laughs> it would have been in my top 10. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Now, now, my number five, I, this one actually surprises me because I thought everybody loved this episode and ranked it in their top 10, but I found it to not be in anybody else's, and most people kind of dismiss it as you know a pretty good episode, not a... Not a all-time great. So number five for me is the Galileo 7. Interesting. Which I absolutely love. I can rewatch it every day. My five-word summary is epic gamble ends, ends Spock's command. Hashtag always alternatives. Hmm. Wow. That's actually I, that's a great pick at that position, I got to tell you. Huh. I don't um, know. I just think it works on every level. I love the. I mean, I will say also the remastered version of that episode is beautiful. Oh, so yeah, it's much better too. I um, it's interesting. You you talked about how people perceive that episode, Jim, and I'm kind of one of those people. It's 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 a good episode, but it was never one that kind of cracked the you know the the top say 15 or so for me. Um, I'll watch it if it's on, but I have a hard time getting past the giants with the oversized shields and the, uh, the gigantic missiles for, for spears. Yeah. Their spatial geometry on the, uh, on the (laughs) shields and spears is not, not quite up to snuff, but, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I love it. It is funny though. I've I always thought everyone, you know, thought it was right up there like Mirror Mirror Arena and the rest of them, but I've found that not to be the case. But I love it and uh, can't can't watch it enough. Mostly because of the end. I mean, when Spock, you know, releases the plasma, the plasma to uh, send up the flare. So so good. Excellent. Such a great episode. Yeah, it really is. Good pick. Yep. Good pick. A great pick. So uh, I guess that puts us at number. four. Four? Is that right? Good job, yep. Bill. You're doing great. Well, counting has never been a you know an easy thing for me. <laughs> hey, let's have Jim go first this time. Yeah, why don't we do yeah. that? So, Jim. Oh, I like going last, but I'm going okay. first this time. No, actually, I, th- I mean, we must be going to have some crossovers oh, here yeah. in the top three or four. So, number four for me, and it's uh, it was it could have easily been number one uh, is a muck time. And my five-word summary is cultivates platform for Vulcan backstory, hashtag having versus wanting. Nice hashtag. Gil's yep. <laughs> That's not what we came to Vulcan for, is it? <laughs> so, Jim, for 20 years, he's been using that one same quote, and I laugh at it every time. It's pretty funny. The first time he did it for me, I was sitting in his cubicle at work. <laughs> And I think I spit water everywhere, including on his precious enterprise that I dropped. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've heard about that. You know, everybody yeah. has. Who hasn't? Who hasn't? <laughs> so, uh, well, I think that's a great pick at number four. Uh, Dan, what's your number four? Number four for me is Arena, which is the episode that actually got me involved in Star Trek. I remember being scared to death. Uh, my description is, I have heard every word. <laughs> Hashtag... This planet is a mineralogist's dream. <laughs> little double uh, job there for you. <laughs> a little twice the Kirk. That's awesome. My uh, my number four is uh, is one that that was almost number one, but uh, the more I thought about it, the more this episode ticked down a little bit more, and it's the the Doomsday Machine. Uh. Awesome. I, uh, I do love the Doomsday Machine. I love the remastered version where the constellation actually looks like an actual ship and not like an, you know, a, a, a model that's been kit bashed. Um, my five words are: you might recognize them. There was, <laughs> but not anymore. <laughs> Hashtag Moby Dick. Ah, very nice. Because we're talking about essentially Moby Dick in space for yep. the for the Commodore. So. Um, it, it is one of my all time favorites. I can watch it and never tire of it, but it's not my number one. I gotta, I gotta predict that it's going to be in both of our top threes as we move forward. But, uh, <laughs> but who knows? Maybe not, Dan. I don't Let's know. See. We'll find out. Dan is squarely. So, uh, so number three, we, um, Jim, why don't you go first again, buddy? Okay. I, I was right. fascinated last time. Again, also could. By the way, a mug time. A mug time features uh, Tapao, who's also in my episode of Star Trek Enterprise. Yes, she is. Yes, absolutely, that's right. The hot version, which is really cool. <laughs> um, the <laughs> now wait, Celia Lovsky. Yes, hot. yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, number three for me. Again, could have easily been number one. Is Balance of Terror. Nice. And my five-word summary is tension builds, never lets go. Hashtag, I could have called you friend. Oh, that is so good. That's a good hashtag. Yeah. That's why you're the professional at this, and we are just posers. <laughs> right. We're copycats. Haters and drama queens, all of us. Oh, and desist thee. 
Ah, I see, Stig. Um, I'll go with number three next, and Dan, then you can wrap it up afterwards. Okay. My number three is uh, a muck time. <laughs> I uh, yes. it, it, it edged out the Doomsday Machine a little bit. It edged out Space Seed. I mean, there's nothing to dislike about this episode. Um, ha- uh, five words. I have killed my captain. Hashtag Krika. <laughs> That's Depow. All of Vulcan in one package. How can I back out in front of her? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was a that was no neural paralyzer. <laughs> um, all right. So my number three. Well, we're all getting the same episodes now because there are no bad episodes at this point. Of course. Uh, Doomsday yeah. Machine is my number three choice. Of course. Uh, my description is General Mills Bugle destroys planets. <laughs> and hashtag we are stronger with you than without you. Perfect. I love Decker in that episode. I love the fact that they made Decker in Star Trek one his son. Uh, So there was some good continuity there. It's just a brilliant episode. And like you said, Bill, the remastering, that may be the best remastered episode of all 79. It was phenomenal. Agreed. It was the first one I watched remastered. I did same me. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. They did such a good job. And let's – for your hashtag, let's give a shout out to uh, Mike Rittenhouse of Five Year Mission. Nice. For that awesome <laughs> refrain in the Doomsday Machine. Oh, without a doubt. Yep. Absolutely. So good. Awesome, awesome. So, ge- gentlemen, number two, and I think this time we'll have Dan go first and we'll have Jim wrap it up. Um, Dan, what do you got at your number two spot, your penultimate oh. listing on this top 10? It was tough. I mean, I was I, I had to wrestle with it, but I decided to to stick with my number one. So my number two is balance of terror. Uh, my description is ultimate space cat and mouse hashtag. He is a sorcerer. That one. He reads the thoughts in my brain. Nice. Great episode. It's just, it's perfect. Star Trek. I love it. it Absolutely really love that episode. Fantastic. Hashtag. <laughs> my, uh, my number two also happens to be balance of terror. Ah! And uh, who knew? Because I, I, Dan, I didn't know any of your rankings before this. Um, my five words are classic submarine battle in space. Hashtag, they look like Vulcans? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. My, uh, all right, my number two is the Doomsday Machine. And you'll see that, you know, with the five word summaries and the hashtag, you know, sometimes go for a little humor, sometimes go for poignancy. Uh, on Dan's Doomsday Machine, you know, he he, I think he said something about a bugle. Mm-hmm. So my five-word summary of the Doomsday Machine, my number two choice, the Doomsday Machine, is whirlwind pace, epic production, masterpiece, hashtag Decker. <laughs> nice. William Wyndham is just so Incredible. phenomenal in that episode. It, he is phenomenal, and it's it's unfortunate that in one of the fan productions they brought him back in what I thought was a was just a, a an insult to the character. But we won't worry about that. the The job he did as Decker was just fabulous. Yeah, it's uh, it's an episode that could have easily been number one for yeah, me. Absolutely. Um, I, like I said, I, I love it. Whenever it's on, I will sit down and stop what I'm doing and watch it. That's how good it is. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to get a soundtrack out of this. That's great. I I can't wait to hear your guys' number one. (laughs) Although I think I know Dan. I was doing the math. (laughs) But I don't think I got bills. Mine, however, is a little bit of a surprise. So let's let's do it. Well, all right. Well, uh, I'll go first on number one. Betcha. 
and I'll uh, I'll back it up with why it's number one over all of the others. Uh, my number one is the Corbomite maneuver. My five words are who we say we are. Hashtag Tranya. Oh, a nice simple hashtag. Yeah. Well, you know, it's I, I've thought about this. This episode was my gateway into Star Trek. That's yeah. part of the reason why it's at number one. But I think that at the end of the day, it does, for me, I think the best job of putting the philosophies and the ideals of Star Trek on display. You know, it's Mission Log has used this phrase before, and I've used it, you know, too. It's like, you know, the the crew in this episode is who they say they are, you know. They're humans who were evolved and, and chose not to retaliate or kill, and instead they befriended Ugly Baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, you know, uh, Bailey gains a new understanding and ultimately decides to step away from from some of his issues. And um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a great treatise on the potential for humanity. So that is for me, hands down, why it's number one for me. Excellent. I will. That's awesome. It, I was going to say it's really it's in, the, the key point for that episode is when all is said and done and they've they've bluffed their way out of it and. They're leaving, and then oh, we gotta go. Now we're gonna go back and help them. Yeah, and it's like, oh, we are the guy who was just trying to kill us. I mean, it's just so well done. Absolutely. It's pure Star Trek. By the way, it's number twelve on my list. Love it. Oh, awesome. Twelve. And my five. My five word summary is: Baby Clint Howard never disappoints. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. He doesn't. And those teeth are gnarly, though. So great. Yeah, that's good. I was gonna say, Bill. I'll get to mine in a second. But what I was gonna say about. Um, about that episode is it's too bad that back when TOS was done, they didn't do things like they did with TNG DS9 or, or the other spinoffs and have episodes later on down the road that came back to a specific episode. It would have been great to find out what happens with Bailey at some point. It's too bad we never I found out. Um, but uh, I've got a surprise for you. Yeah. Uh, really? My number one episode was, in fact, the Corbomite Maneuver. The surprise is that I can say it correctly. <laughs> that is actually the first time it's ever happened. I, I, no, exactly. Um, description of the episode, Enterprise fights an oversized Epcot. And uh, <laughs> the uh, hashtag, uh, hashtag Bailey, you're relieved. It is just my all-time favorite. I never get bored of it. I never will. It. it would be the one that I would take with me if I was going to some deep space station by myself forever. That's it. Wrap it up. I love it. I can't. I. It, it is amazing to me how much people uh, rank that episode so high, and for and such it, an it, early episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it, you know, listen, it is Star Trek at its core, probably unlike any other episode. It really does the job. Um, but like I said, number twelve on my list. But again, that it suffers a little bit from my rating scale of. If I could only watch one the rest of my life, I'll, sure. I'll usually go for a little more epic expanse in terms of uh, story, action, etc. Uh, having said that, number one is not that. It's a story that resonates with me, and I'm a, a big animal lover um, and conservationist, and uh, it is on your list, Bill. It is number one, The Devil in the Dark. Oh, nice. It's my number one conservation message still resonates today. And we have dueling hashtags, no kill eye. <laughs> I love it. So Jeez, we did have a, a duplicate hashtag. I love you it. You guys can't be creative at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like to think that I am at least as brilliant as Mr. Morehouse, Dan. That, well, I, so uh, you can think that if you want. But anyway, um, what I think is great about that episode, Jim and Bill, is not even of the episode itself, but as as we all know, that's the episode that they were in the middle of filming when William Shatner found out that his father had passed away. And right. there are scenes that you can see it in his face. He does a fantastic episode, a uh, fantastic job of, of acting in that episode under tremendous stress, I think. Um, so hats off to him, but that is a great pick, man. That's a good one. Yep. It, it resonates with me in, in a big way. I, uh, I can't get enough. And, and poor Schmitty in that, in that cold open. <laughs> Schmitty, Schmitty goes down. <laughs> that cold open is awesome. It's good. Yeah. Really. So Jim, are there any picks on our list that actually surprise you or that um that you disagree with entirely? No, no. In fact, none of them do because even the man trap, I totally get it. It's, you know, it's vintage Star Trek. It's the first episode that aired, so I can totally see why. Hey, I can tell Dan you one thing about that, that Jim. I don't see uh Devil in the oh, actually, never mind. I'm not going to use that example. I don't see, um, I don't know. Pick your episode that has their own Christmas ornament, like Mantrap does this year. Because <laughs> nothing screams Christmas like the salt monster, <laughs> <laughs> or the death scene in Star Trek Two from last year's Christmas ornament. <laughs> but actually, sorry, the one, the one surprise was that City on the Edge of Forever wasn't on either one of your top tens. That's I find that very interesting. Yep. But I totally get it too. I totally get it. Very cool. Well, guys, it's a, a, a great time talking about our top tens. We're, uh, we'll, of course, put ours in the uh, in the show notes um, so that people can see them, and they're documented for time and all eternity. And, of course, Jim, they can find yours at uh, com. I imagine. That's right. That's what I hear, trekranks.com. That's awesome. Jim, thanks for going through this exercise with us. We're going to bring you back a lot more to talk about other series, and um, maybe, we'll, uh, maybe we'll actually take on the the, the the animated series project at some point. If if that's what it takes to talk about the other four, I'm in. <laughs> Let's do it. It's done. That sounds good, man. We're gonna have you hold tight for a second because we're gonna ask you another question about something very near and dear to your heart. Um, but Dan, we would be remiss at this point if we didn't thank our friends of the band Five Year Mission for all of the music that they allow us to use on this here podcast. We uh, we hope everyone heads on out to fiveyearmission.net. Please just download all their albums. I mean, seriously. Do it. If you haven't done it at this point, and there's just no excuse, we want them to be the official house band for STLV 2017. Big way. In a big way. So please let Creation Entertainment know that you want Five Year Mission back to tweet them, email them, Facebook them, say, hey, guys, we want Five Year Mission because it's just not STLV without them. Right, Dan? Absolutely. You know what else isn't uh, STLV without them? It's no, my uh, weekly Farkism. Oh, yes. I've been waiting for this with bated and breath. It's, it's in tribute to this awesome episode that we had today with with Jim. You know, it's a great episode. You know, this, this guy wants you to think that he's this big, scary dude, but he's just a goofy puppet. Um, that's just a goofy puppet, I should say. But the person that we're talking about is just this teeny tiny man who drinks orange juice and laughs obnoxiously. Uh, so go watch the car. The oh, I screwed it up. <laughs> the Corbafark maneuver. That's what I'm trying to say, people. That, oh, that sucks. Corbafark maneuver. I really was, thought you were going with Devil in the Fark. Uh, I was gonna call. I was gonna call him Bayfark, but I didn't think that would have worked out too good. So. <laughs> the the Corbafark maneuver. How about the Corbamite 
Farkover? That sounds like a kind of a German car, so I didn't want to go with that. <laughs> Farkover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan, that was... Um, did you just create that one on the fly? I, no, but I, that I tried to say it on the fly, and I screwed it up, so... Uh, Trek keeps. Yeah, right. Mr. Spock. <sighs> Help me, Spook. You know... Help me, <laughs> Spook. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, despite Dan's Farkism, we we definitely want people to support Five Year Mission. So, so please check them out, download all their stuff. Jim, you were a huge Five Year Mission fan, and rumor has it you've been known to dance all by yourself when they play live. That is true. Yes, the when when the moment hits me. No, I am a huge fan, and it's impossible to not dance like a remote control Spock when you hear RC Spock. I mean, it's it's not possible. We, we agree. It's, you literally have to walk around the room like a remote control Spock. That's, it's a moral imperative. And I'm controlling my own. I got the you know the McCoy operator in my hand, and I'm controlling myself. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm doing it. <laughs> so what is your favorite five-year mission song since we're on the topic? My favorite five-year mission song. You can find a top ten five-year mission songs on TrekRanks.com, by the way. Say what? Um, number one is uh, Errand of Mercy. Oh. I mean, it's it's literally impossible to not, you know, turn it up whenever <laughs> I, it I, comes on. It's uh, just accelerates and it's just fuck. It's it's fantastic. Breakneck speed. I love it. It's awesome. I awesome. I have to agree entirely. We use that one a lot here on this show between segments. It is one of my favorite bumps. Um, and I, I have to agree with you. It's a fantastic song. I listen to that one all the time. That's a really good pick, Jim. I like that. Yeah. And I you mean, did it without a farkism. Yeah. No, I, hey, I we all have fark. our faults, right? <laughs> that's or true. Our farks. Oh, oh, that's two this week, oh. baby. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> that's great. Uh, Dan, we also want to remind everybody right now that we have our iTunes subscribe and review campaign going on. You know, if people provide their honest and genuine review of the podcast on iTunes, they could receive something cool. They could win some cool quatloos in our jurisdiction. It's called dollars. $25 Amazon gift card or the equivalent in whatever money you use in whatever country you may be listening to because we have lots of uh, different listeners from all over the world and we appreciate it. So yeah, send in your reviews, positive or negative. We want to get all that information so we can make this a better podcast and uh, you will be automatically entered for that $25 Amazon gift card. And you can get more information at trekgeeks.com slash iTunes. That address again, trekgeeks.com slash iTunes. Come on, write a couple of lines. You could win 25 bucks. That's all we're saying. Dan, regale us with what's happening next week. Well, next week, uh, we're actually going to take a week off uh, so that we can spend time with family and friends over the Thanksgiving holiday and weekend. Uh, But we're going to be back on December 6th, and we are going to talk about one of the episodes that was brought up here on this episode. Uh, It's the planet killer. It's the devourer of worlds. It is the Doomsday Machine. Doomsday Machine? Mm -hmm. Dan, uh, uh, Thanksgiving's coming up. Is there is there any more turkey left, buddy? <laughs> there was, but not anymore. Oh, that was that was bad. <laughs> the Doomsday Bugle. Ah, yes. <laughs> Doomsday Bugle. <laughs> Jim, thank you so much for joining us this week. It was great to have you here for the full hour. We hope you had a good time. Could not have been any more fun. We uh, hope you and yours have a safe and happy Thanksgiving, as we hope all of our listeners do. 
We want to remind people that for more great Star Trek discussion, you can check out Jim's favorite podcast, The Tricorder Transmissions, online at thetricordertransmissions.com. And of course, for all of the latest news on everything Star Trek, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode 85 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. Thanksgiving means coconut cream pie, baby. Woof! I even had it, but I'm going to try it this year. That sounds nasty. It looks like your face. Hey, boys. All right. We really have to have Morehouse on tonight. This God, was your idea. So arrogant. Yes. Oh, is he on yet? Yes. Jim. I, I'm linked in. Linked in. But I didn't, I didn't catch that. So we're okay. Oh, I, I, oh good. yeah. You're awesome. <laughs> really? It sounded like you said that he was a jerk. No, I said you were a jerk. No, I think oh. he said TrekRanks.com is his favorite website to explore the one. Pornhub, Pornhub TrekRanks. They're both the same. <laughs> why, why you got to do that? <laughs> I'm giving plugs everywhere. Oh, I uh, I love your five year mission ranking. <laughs> yes, that's good. Had to include that in there for the boys. Oh, that's good. And I have to say, I agree with you on number one. It's also my favorite bumper of the songs we use between segments on the show. Such a good song. Oh, it's fantastic. Such a good song. Are you Incredible. done sucking up to five year mission already, Bill? Wow. Well, unlike you, unlike I don't you, have to suck up. Me. They took me to court. I don't have to suck up to anybody. <laughs> but it was a tie, so I love them. <laughs> oh, you didn't get convicted? How'd no, the, the judge could not find anyone at fault. <laughs> wow. No, that's not what she said. I don't what care she what you was, think she said. There wasn't Fark, enough evidence. Fark actually was tweeting, texting to me the other day, and he said it was a tie. So that, that doesn't mean she couldn't find anyone at fault. It just means you. Didn't suck enough on paper. <laughs> wow. Okay. By the way, what, what is, Bill? What do you think of song number two? Is that um, Cat's Fark. Cat's Fark is fantastic. <laughs> you know, in fact, dude, I love your whole list because I can hear the intros of each one of these in my head. Yeah. Colder in Russia has become a favorite bumper oh my for me. God. I, I think it's I going up is on a fan- my list. I Mud is a fantastic song. You're. I don't like the episode, but I love that song. Yeah. Um, and RC Spock. I mean, we debuted that on this show. Oh yeah. And I've oh, loved it ever right. since. Yeah. What do you mean you don't like I Mud? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kick you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, Ooh, oh so we're gonna we're gonna do a, a little news. So uh, we we're gonna do a little ten second break after we introduce you and yep. and stuff like that. Um, we usually take. 10 second breaks and stuff. There's usually just awkward silence. Um, we'll do the news from treknews.net. No fapping. No fapping. We're going to do a story on the the TAS Blu-ray, and then we're going to talk about Axonar and their legal filing. How, some exciting. Of the quotes, How exciting. Some of the quotes from the unredacted document oh that the defense uploaded. Oh, my God. What a bag. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That is you, awesome. You'll f- feel free to say whatever you want. <laughs> um, I take notes and bleep 
yeah. accordingly because we try to keep our clean rating for India. I am I am prone to curse. So uh not a problem. All right, I'll be careful. Asterisk. But man, that guy. Oh, <laughs> anyway. Tell right. me about it. This is awesome. I cannot wait. Let's do it. All right. All right. Actually, I'm going to copy this doc to uh, our public folder so you can at least see it, Jim. Okay. Is that going to be on the on the Zencaster? Zencaster there. I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you. Well, I got to put it in the public folder first. Oh, okay. Um. So give me two seconds. Oh, the entire document. Is it? Yeah, I figure oh. I'll put the document there, and that way you can Sounds... pull it up in a browser and be a you know a ninja. What was with the Richard Dawson voice there just now? What are you talking about? You. You're like. Hur, hur, hur. I got no idea what you're talking about. Okay. I heard it. You're a big jerk. Survey <laughs> says. Ding, 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 ding. All right. Let me move this to public. Stand by to stand by. Stand by to photograph. Oh, God. Check the circuit. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't let me down. <laughs> 